Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Between his earthly dad, who's a beautiful man, and his heavenly father, who had a call on his life. And his dad had gone bankrupt in business, and Mark was high-flying in business. He was a young executive. I remember having a conversation with his dad, and he said, Rory, please don't interfere in Mark's life. Please leave him. And um, I said, Mr. Van Fletchen, I will never touch your son. But if God wants to touch him, I can't stop that. And... um, we, we were in a conference similar to this, probably the same amount of people, and Mark got up and he took the microphone and he said, I want to run for you, Jesus. And I actually SMSed him this morning. It happened at a school called Kersney. And I said, so if I'm Kersney to now, I've seen you make one good decision for God after the next. And, I, and I'm trusting that people will make good decisions for Jesus over these next few days. 20 years ago, I came to the city on my first apostolic trip ever. I was a young man. I hadn't preached a lot. A man called Tom Tapping phoned me, and he said, will you come and preach in the city? And I preached 14 times in 10 days. I hadn't preached 14 times in 10 years. I preached 14 times in 10 days. I was exhausted in the middle of my bones. I, I didn't know what to say. I, didn't know, people, I prayed for people. I prophesied. I, didn't, I was exhausted. And I picked up a tape of a man called Miles Bing. And I had a little Walkman, and I used to lie in my bed at night. I used to put on this tape. It was a children's ministry tape. And I used to lie in bed and say, God, you've got to feed me because I've got to get up tomorrow and I've got to preach again. And about 18 months ago, God really put Miles Bing back on my heart. And I downloaded his music, and I just listened to it in my, in my room, in my office, and I prayed for him a lot. And then tonight, I was, <laughs> I was standing at the back door, and I saw Miles Bing walk in. I want to honor you, my friend. I want to honor you, your family. I don't know your story. But this is what I felt God say. I would like you to come to the front. Don't look how much money I've got in my wallet. (laughs) And I felt God say this. If I've got access to the wallets of human beings, how much more do you have access to the resources of heaven? And this is a prophetic picture. That the Father sees you, 20 years ago, you ministered to me. And now 20 years later, God is going to use me to minister to you. It's the same Father, and we're partners, and you're on a journey. And I feel God say, I've not forgotten you. I've never left you. And I've still got many things for you to do. In Jesus' name. No manipulation whatsoever. You've got money in your pocket and you want to bless that man before you go bless him. Bless him. My number one, 
Number one. Number one. In all the earth, most valuable possession that I have in my life is this watch. Very deep. It's a long story, long history. It's an expensive, top-of-the-range watch. And about three weeks ago, I said to my family, I'm feeling God is telling me to give this watch away. And my friend Clint said, please don't, Raw. And my wife said, I don't think you're hearing God. <laughs> and I said, Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I want to tell you, I'm going to start this conference by giving away what is my number one possession. It's about my dad, this. It's about, it's about, it's a, it's a long story. So I'm staying with people today at the moment, and I walked up a flight of stairs. And there's a picture of a man, the father of the man that I'm staying with, who died too early. He died when his kids were still young. He's a generous man, he's a kind man, he's a gracious man, he's blessed me out of his socks. I arrived at the airport and I normally hire an I-10. Hyundai. I'm designed for those things. But my friend, this is my number one most precious possession. This comes with, I believe, from the heart of God. As I saw your dad, as I walked up the staircase, I felt your dad is halfway up the staircase, but at the top of the staircase is the Father in heaven. And your dad did what he could for half of your life. But there's a Father at the top of the staircase. That will bless you for the rest of your days. I bought a watch from overseas last week from a friend of mine who came overseas, and I really thought that watch was for you. I was hoping it was for you. <laughs> I really hoped it was for you. And I was driving to pick this watch up two days ago, and as I drove there, I felt God give me a scripture and said, You'll never put this watch in your arm, it's for somebody else. And so I picked the watch up, took the scripture, gave it away to him, and I thought, What about my friend? Stefan, when I walked up the stairs today, from the bottom of my heart, with faith in my heart, you never owe me anything. You never even have to say thank you. I believe this is a gift from the Father in heaven, because he sees you. So I'm praying that the Father will touch your heart over these four days. Five sessions to preach. And I didn't even know what I was going to preach. And then I read, I'm doing a conference in Canada in June. And the poster was, Rory Dyer's coming. We don't know if he prays or prophesies or preaches. But he's coming anyway. <laughs> and so I don't know what I do. And I don't know what on earth you have for. <laughs> but this is what I'm praying. I'm praying that you'll decide to run for Jesus. Come on, come on. And I'm praying that if you've lost courage in the provision of a heavenly father, if our fathers on earth, though they are evil, if our fathers on earth, and I believe God has called me to be something 
of a spiritual... If our fathers on earth, though they are evil, know how to give gifts to their children. How much more? Say how much more. Say how much more. Say how much more. Say how much more. How much more. Our Father in heaven. Say how much more. How much more. How much more. Our Father in heaven. And so actually all these five, two days are going to be is to lift your eyes off your earthly circumstance and yes ma'am, how much more ma'am? Yes, you receive it. It's the grace of a God who notices you, who sees you, who hasn't forgotten you, who loves you and he will look after you. I prophesy he will look after you. I read a story last month of a troop army officer on a battleground went up to Alexander the Great, the great military ruler, on the battleground with all his generals. And he went up to the army officer, to the general, and he came to a tent and he said, Sir, my daughter is getting married. And he said, What would you like? He said, I can't afford her wedding. He said, Well, what would you like me to do? He said, I would like you to pay for her wedding. And everybody was aghast. And he said, what part of the wedding would you like me to pay for? He said, I'd like you to pay for her whole wedding. With a smile on his face, he said, go and make a draw from the treasury. I will pay for your daughter's wedding. And the general standing next to him said, sir, how could you be so happy about that man? He said, that man understands my character. And has made a demand upon my generosity. You see, friends, the economist tells that we're in junk status. The rand is plummeting and people are under pressure, but God has not lost control. God has not lost control. He's still in charge. I believe this. God is not an economist, thank goodness, and he's not an accountant, thank God. He's a father. He's a father. Say father. He's a father. My dad died in April last year. And all I ever wanted from my dad were his watches. I just wanted his watches. He's a wealthy man. His will goes, this gets left to this, and this goes to my mum, and this goes to my sister, and this goes to, goes one after the next. This money goes to Sam. The breakdown man, in inverted commas. Sam, the breakdown man, stopped working for my dad in 1996. He worked for my dad for 20 years when my dad had to try and make money. And he started a little breakdown business on the sideline. And Sam was his, the guy who helps him. Every time there was a crash on the NT Highway, my dad and Sam went. And actually, I had the privilege as a son, 20 years later, to track down Sam. I found Sam. Desperately needy. said, Sam... It's Kosan Rory. He said, hey, Kosan, what's happening? I said, my dad has died, Sam. He said, oh, Kosan, I'm so sorry. He said, but my dad has remembered you in his will, Sam. He said, oh, Kosan, Bamba Zonke. Bamba Zonke means he catches them all. It was my dad's name, Bamba Zonke. He catches them all. But 20 years after that man left, my dad still remembered him in his will. But he wrote down there in his will, point number seven, I think, 
all my watches get left to my son. Amazing, huh? And in the midst, I've got this little black box from his safe. And inside that black box, there's a whole lot of treasures. There was a time in my dad's life, I was at a private school called Hilton. Beautiful school. But in the middle of my Hilton career, my dad had a business on the highway and they built the highway behind him. And going from a successful businessman, he went bankrupt literally overnight. His business shut down overnight. And I remember him walking out of the headmaster's office in a pair of short pants. And I met him just by chance. It was two and a half hours drive from my business. I saw him there. I said, hey, Dad, what are you doing here? He said, listen, boy, I've gone bankrupt. But I want to tell you I've made a plan for you to finish school. And then my dad started drinking. Became an alcoholic. And in this black box is a letter that I wrote to my dad in 1983. I only found it six weeks ago. Dear dad, I love you. But your drinking is tearing our family apart. Said your whole character changes. I'm too scared to bring anybody home at night because I don't know whether you're going to be sober or you're going to be drunk. It was an aggressive drunk. But I never knew then it was through the battles of business, his complexity. And I go through this whole thing about the effect of his life. I said, Dad, you wake up in the morning, you don't even know what you've done. Maybe for some of you, there's a letter from a son to you saying, Sir, your alcohol is messing your family up. I said, Dad, I'm sure I've got my own faults. Please tell them to me so we can work these things out. And next to this letter is 36 checks that my dad never banked because his business could not afford to pay him a salary while he kept me at a private school. And so you have the complexity of this alcoholism with this courage of not paying for a check and yet this incredible perseverance to put me through school and in that mix, I'm the son of Ian. And in your mix, there's a whole set of complexities. You've got a dad who's got perseverance, and, but he's got a problem with depression. Or you've got a dad who's an alcoholic. But he's, or you've got a dad who's left you, but he gave you life. And some of you have got terrible fathers. Terrible fathers. But they put a gift inside of your life. You're creative. You're persevering. You, you, you're generous. It's a gift given to you by your dad given to you by that. And so in that complexity is like, how do I forgive him and yet still learn what he's, how do you live with that? And I want to spend these next few days talking about the relationship between Jesus and his father. There's a pure father and a pure son. And that incredible relationship that sets us free to do what God's called us to do. And so we're going to let our dads off the hook. So I had this unbelievable father who had deep issues and yet he left me an incredible gift. You know, that man, when he had to apply for his new business, I said, okay, is, is that you with me? Is it okay? I, I'm not even getting into my notes. Is it okay, Clinton? Are you sure? Sorry, we're getting an old tender. I, I, pray, I pray this. I pray you feel the love of God tonight. The love of God. The love of God. Just the absolute love of God. What did I say before I did that? Telling me something. 
I had to spend them both. So my dad had to change his business license from this part of the highway to the next part of the highway. And he got in his car. He drove to Pretoria. And he reapplied for the license and they turned him down. So he got in his car, drove to Pretoria, three and a half hours, reapplied for the license and they turned him down. They got in his car, drove to Pretoria, reapplied for the license, and they turned him down. They got in his car, drove to Pretoria, reapplied for the license, and they turned him down. They got in his car, drove to Pretoria, reapplied for the license, and they turned him down. They got in his car, drove to Pretoria, reapplied for the license, and they turned him down. They got in his car, man. He got in his car. He drove to Pretoria, reapplied for the license, they turned him down 18 times. 18 times. 18 times. My earthly father, who didn't know Jesus, 18 times. Eventually, the lady said to my dad, Mr. Dyer, when will you give up? And he said, I'll never give up. My father on earth, though he's evil, knows how to give good gifts. I want to tell you, not 18 times or 19 times or 92 times or 118 times, God will never stop coming at you, man. He'll never, ever stop coming at you. He'll never give up on you. Never give up. Maybe a husband let you down. Maybe a relationship let you down. Maybe a business partner let you down. I want to tell you, God will never let you down. He'll keep coming at you and keep coming at you and keep coming at you and keep coming. Not 18 times, but 18 times, 18 times, 18. Keep coming at you. My dad got his license. And at 24, he phoned me and he said, you must... Decided to come and take over the business. I said, but God's called me to be a preacher. And now I've inherited that business. And I've worked hard in ministry. And I've preached my guts out and I've prayed and I've worked hard. But that business I inherited. I've done nothing for it. I drive in there and I think, this is my inheritance given to me by my dad. This I've really worked for. This is just a gift. And I want you to understand inheritance over these few days. I drive in there, everybody jumps and shouts. We've got a couple of hundred staff. I'm the boss. Everybody thinks I, I think, I'm a farce. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't even know how balance sheets work. But I'm the boss of this business. I mean, <laughs> you know why? You know why? Because I'm a son. And I honored my dad. I honored him. And the Bible says if you honor your mother and father, it will go well with you and you enjoy long life. And some of you have dishonored your parents. You say, but my parents are worth dishonoring. You honor your parents because they gave you life. It will go well with you and you enjoy long life. And some of you have got a ceiling over your lives because you're dishonoring your parents. And you've got to set it right now. In these two days, you've got to set it right. You've got to let them off the hook. You've got to let them go. You, sir. You've got to let them go. My very first Father's Day in Pretoria, four years ago, my devotion was the story of Noah when Noah got drunk. That's why I don't even like telling about my dad. I don't want to dishonor. I really honor my dad. And his sons, Noah was naked and lying drunk on the ground. He had three sons. Two walked in backwards. They covered their father and they walked out forwards. It's not natural to walk backwards. unnatural to walk backwards and I said to him some of you need to forgive your fathers you need to walk up backwards to the stage you, you were in that meeting you need to cover your father's shame you've got to walk out forwards some people couldn't even make it to the front they were in the aisles they were shaking 
They were shaking at the pain of their naked and drunk father. But eventually we got them to the front. They literally covered and walked away. We saw forgiveness. I pray some of you will do that this weekend. You walk backwards, unnaturally. Forgiveness is unnatural. It feels like there's vengeance inside of our hearts. We walk backwards. Cover their shame. Cover their drunkenness. Cover their disgrace. And we walk out forwards. Never to look back. Amen. At my dad's funeral, I had the privilege of doing it. My mum said, you can't do your own dad's funeral. I said, no other guy's going to do my dad's funeral. <laughs> no one's doing my dad's funeral. A man walked up to me. I played rugby with him. I played first team rugby with him. He was a brilliant rugby player. And in matric, his dad went bankrupt. Two years before, my dad went bankrupt. And after 18 times, he built a new business. He walked up to me. We left school 30 years ago. He said, hey, Raw, you know my dad went bankrupt in matric? I said, yes, I do remember. He said, you know somebody finished paying for my school fees? I said, I didn't know that. He said, I want to honor you and say it was your dad that finished paying for my school fees. Two years before, he was bankrupt. Two years later, he was paying for other people to finish school. Amazing, eh? I met this Jewish man. Stefan knows him well. He's been in business with him over the time. A man called Colin Lazarus. I don't know if I've told the story of Colin Lazarus. But you know, whenever you meet anybody who's not in the church, they normally tell a few stories, swear a little bit, and they ask you what you do. <laughs> and then you say, you're a minister. And they always hope like heck it's a minister of government. <laughs> so they said, so what are you a minister of? I said, well, I'm a minister of the church. And then they sort of land slowly, and then they tell you a church story. <laughs> it always happens like that. And so this Jew, Jewish man, Mr. Lazarus, he says, you know, Rory, hey, the church is boring, eh? I said, oh, you obviously haven't been to Life Changes. <laughs> he says, church is boring. I said, yeah, it can be. He says, especially like funerals in like the Enchia church. I said, oh, I mean, there are different forums for, for church, you know, I mean, that's one of them. And he said, yes, I was at the back, it was hot and bronchos sprite. And he says, the preacher was going on and on and on. He said, eventually, I just nodded off and I fell asleep. And the next minute he shouted, Lazarus, stand up! He said, I jumped out of the chair like this. Lifted my hands up. And he, he said, the guy pulled me down. He said, he's talking about a different Lazarus, you idiot. <laughs> but this friend of mine, Grant, who I took over the church in Pretoria from, and he works for Stefan. He's one of Stefan's directors. Grant used to work for him. And the first deal that he did, he owns a big car dealership on the side of the road. Jag, Land Rover, Mazda, Ford, Kia. Massive 56,000 square meter warehouse, uh, showrooms. Massive businessman. And I said to Grant, tell me just three stories about Mr. Lazarus. And he said, the first deal, I lost 17,000 rand on a car. 
And so the accountant said, Mr. Lazarus wants to see. He said, I went into the file. He said, I was shaking. I was so nervous I was going to get fired. I put it down on his desk. He opened it up. He looked at it and he said, you've lost 17,000 rand. He said, yes, Mr. Lazarus. He closed the file. He gave it back. He said, don't do that again. He said, what about the 17,000 rand? He said, no, I will pay your school fees. Just don't do it again. This guy's dad went bankrupt. An unsaved man came to his dad and said, I will pay for your son to get an education. Highly qualified, BCom, MBA, fancy degree. He, got, he said, I will pay for your son. He doesn't have to pay me back. He must just pay it forward. It means he must do it for somebody else. Unsaved men. Jewish men. Jewish unsaved men. Representing God the Father. You see, friends, God has put us on this earth at this time to teach in a junk status economy, to teach people about what God is like. Amen? And so this friend Grant lent his, borrowed a, 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 took a bucky from Mr. Lazarus, lent it to his brother-in-law to move. His brother-in-law wrote off the car. Brand new, out-the-box bucky, Ford. Back into Mr. Lazarus's office. He said, I believe you lent your brother-in-law a car. I said, yes. He said, I believe you wrote it off. Yes. What's his name? Graham. His name is Graham. He says, this is my question. Is Graham Okay. He said, yes, Mr. Lazarus, Graham is okay. He says, wonderful. We can replace cars. We can't replace people. You see, do we know God? Do we, do we really know God? What, what fashions us? What fashions us, guys? Because I'm so worried that the church has got the same response as the world. We've got these men who are setting unbelievable examples. And this friend of mine, Grant, the third story he told me, he did a building project and Mr. Lazarus came to us and said, have you finished your building project? He said, yes. He said, have you paid off? He said, no. He said, why not? He said, because there's a snag list. And he says, and how much is the snag list? He said, it's about six or 8,000 rand. And he said, and how much have you kept back from the builder? He said, 60,000 rand. He said, that's not right, Grant, you must pay him. He said, no, no, you must finish the snags first. Grant, the Christian man. Beautiful man. So Mr. Lazarus goes out, comes back, hour later, put 60,000 rand on his desk. He says, the reason you're not paying your bills is because you don't have the money, not because you've got a snag list. Now go and settle your bills, boy. Just, just honor the word, guys. Honor God. Honor, honor your debts. Just honor. And we will see the flow of God break into the church like we've never seen before. Yeah? And so this black man walks into Mr. Lazarus's showroom. Wants to buy a Land Rover. Can't find the exact one. So the salesman says, Mr. Lazarus, please take him around your showroom. He's got a whole lot of cars that he's fixed up. He's got a Ford Ranchero. It's a Bucky. Just spent 100,000 rand doing it. Takes this man in. Black man looks at this Bucky, starts to weep. He said, why are you crying? He says, not important. He said, no, you looked at this car and you started to cry. Why? He, he said, do you really want to know? He said, yes. He said, my first job I had, I rode a donkey for an hour. I caught a taxi for an hour. And then my boss had a car just like this. And he said, I sat in the back and the dog sat in the front. And he started to weep. He said, summer and winter. Pretoria is flipping cold in winter. He said, summer and winter. I sat in the back, the dog sat in the front. He said, rain or shine. I sat in the back and the dog sat in the front. And the next day, Mr. Lazarus transferred that car into that black man's name. He drove up his driveway, gave him a set of keys. He said, I'm so sorry that you sat in the back and the dog sat in the front. Please accept this gift. 
Jewish man. Ladies and gentlemen, 99.9% of you sitting in this room are born again spiritual Christians. And we have been placed on this earth to show people what our Father in heaven is like. I am the way, the truth, and the? The only way to the? Not to heaven. The only way to the Father is through me. The destination of Christianity is not heaven. The destination of Christianity is a father. And this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 2. Let's have a look at Hebrews 2 in case you don't think I preach the Bible. <laughs> I don't know how we got here, but we're here. <laughs> Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2 and verse uh, 11. So Jesus, say Jesus, Jesus, is not ashamed to call them brothers. So, so when, when, when God says brothers, ladies, in case um, you're very sensitive, get over it. Because it's actually very powerful. So when God says you're the sons of God, say sons of God. Turn to the person next to you and say you're the son of God. And you two girls looking at each other and say, you're the son. Look at each other. Look at each other and say, you are the son of God. Amen. 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 I am the bride of Christ. The Bible says I'm the bride of Christ. Awesome. Receding hairline, slightly plump. I'm the bride of Christ. I don't like white because you can see through it. And then I'm the bride of Christ. You're the son of God. That is not a gender sensitive term. Women never got an inheritance in the Bible. Culture didn't allow women an inheritance. So when God calls you the son of God, he's saying, I don't care what culture says, you are entitled to the same inheritance that boys are entitled to, so I'm going to call you girls sons of God and brothers. That means you get an inheritance like everybody else. Amen. Amen. So when you see it, see what the Bible's done now changes, is now sons and daughters. That's just, that's rubbish. It's actually violating the power of that statement, which is saying, uh, wherever Jesus goes, he sets women free. The only place women don't get set free is when Jesus is not Lord. That's why women still hide behind masks. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. That is a present participle. That means I will keep declaring your name to my brothers. Jesus says, I'm going to come into the church and I'm going to teach people about what God the Father is like. I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to keep coming back until people understand what God the Father is like. And tomorrow, over two sessions, I will show you how the Bible works around God the Father. I'm going to keep coming. I'm not ashamed to call you brothers. I'm going to keep coming back, and I'm going to tell you about our dad. My father, though he is evil, 18 times drove to Pretoria. I want to tell you how much more my father. And some of you have prayed 56 times and 72 times and 180 times. Say, I'm going to give up. Don't give up. God wants. I'll declare your name to my brothers in the presence of the Quran. I'll sing your prayer. Again, he says, I will put my trust in him. 
So Jesus says, okay, I'm the older brother. Let me show you what it means to walk with God. Junk status, plummeting rank. Let me show you what it means to walk with God. Okay? Again, he says, here am I and the children that God has given me. He says, now we're all together. Now we're family. And if you see it in your Bible, there's a little C. And that's a quote taken from Isaiah 8 verse 18. It says this, we are signs and wonders. Say we are signs and wonders. So I left Atlantic Beach today. I followed a set of signs that said Bloberg. When I got into Bloberg, I followed a set of signs that said life changes. And eventually I drove into the car park. We are signs and wonders. That means when people take their direction off us, they should end up with a father in heaven. We are signs. You see, you've got people running around looking for signs and wonders. Where's the healing? Where's the prophecy? Where's the... I want to tell you the greatest sign and wonder that this nation needs is white and black, rich and poor, educated and uneducated, married and single, living together as brothers and sisters. When people take their sign off us, they will end up with the Father in heaven. Amen? Yeah. Now let me tell you this. You're unforgiving. You're bitter. You're resentful. And a person takes their direction of you, they end up in a pit. No solution. No solution. Amen? You know this. You've heard me preach this, some of you. Bar is son. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Bartholomew, son of Ptolemy. Barabba, Abba is father. Barabbas, the son of the father. So they put two people in front of the crowd. Barabbas, the son of the father. And Jesus, the true son of the father. And the crowd shout for? Shout for the wrong guy. Get to the wrong father. No healing. The church shouts for the right guy. We get to the right father. And we start to reflect to this nation what it means to be sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father. Close your eyes. Heavenly Father, this has not gone anywhere how I thought it would go. But I pray this, Lord God, if you can access a wallet on earth because of a relationship of 20 years ago, how much more? Say how much more. How much more can you provide for the needs of your sons and daughters in this room? If you, Lord God, can take a watch as a sign of you watching us, how much more can you watch over the businesses, the affairs, the emotions, the travel, the children of the men and women sitting here. I pray, Lord God, that these two days I will somehow be able to show these people what you're like. Because the Bible says, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Young man, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. My prayer is that you would see God over these two days. That you would know God. Many have even teased you about your long hair. The Bible says, hair is the glory of God. The glory of God is upon you. 
The glory of God is upon you. The character of God is upon you, young man. The character of God is upon you. Don't listen to the words of the world. Listen to the words of heaven. There's a voice from heaven that says, this is my son whom I love with him. I'm well pleased. This is my son whom I love with him. I'm well pleased. Look at me. I'll close with this story. I, I honestly don't know where, where but I hope you get, I think the Spirit of God is here. The Spirit of God is here. Some people have walked out. Sorry about that. I'll tell you tomorrow about how not to be affected by that. My dad got sick and spent nearly five months in ICU, between ICU and, and hospital. Clint used to come down and he was a giant of a man. Big hearted, big capacity. He'd fill a room. You walked in, you knew Mr. Dyer was in town. He's a beautiful man. Tough businessman. Believed in people. Loved people. Love people. But I watched him go from this remarkable man into this gibbering idiot in hospitals, seeing visions, talking rubbish, ICU fever, people chasing him. And then he died. But in, 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 in his very sick days, he asked me a question about my son Thomas, who just made the blue ball rugby side. And he said, how's Thomas, boy? And I said, you know, Th- Dad, Thomas is an incredible sportsman. He's just got a gift. We talked a little bit about Thomas's rugby. And 20 minutes later, he was back in. I left there, went up, came back that evening. And my dad was in cuckoo land, absolute talking rubbish, delusional, seeing visions. And when he died, I inherited his will. And the front page of his will is a, a letter that he wrote in the 20 minutes of being sane after a month of being sick. And in that letter, he writes... I, Ian William Mitchell Dyer, his own name, spelt wrong, of sound mind, and he wasn't, declare that my trust must provide for my grandson Thomas, spelt wrong. To go to Hilton College, because I can't afford to go send my son there. To go to Hilton College for his whole career. This is my final will and testament. It must be added as an addendum to my will. Spelled wrong. Signed by him and two nurses. And that's the front page of his will. And for six weeks last year, I sat with his will in my hand and I sat with the Bible in my other hand. Like this. At my desk. And as you can see, I'm a very emotional guy. I sat there for days. I used to weep. And one day I felt the Spirit of God say to me, if this is the will of a sick father, how much more? Say how much more? How much more more the will of a healthy father? And since that day, the Bible has become alive to me. And I know we haven't opened it today, but we will open it over the next few days. Because written inside here are the secrets of a father to you, daughter, to you, son, to you, daughter, to you, the girl worshiping here today, you're a beautiful, extravagant, fragrance that is pleasing to God, young lady. You're free. Don't let anybody rob you of your freedom. You're free and you're beautiful. Say how much more. How much more? 
And so, Father, I pray over these next few days, although I've only opened up one verse tonight, I pray over the next few days as we open up this word, maybe one word, maybe one scripture, maybe one thought, maybe one psalm, maybe one phrase, I pray that men and women will make decisions for Jesus. People will be set free. And we would leave this room encouraged. Yes, our country is in junk status, but you're not an economist, you're a father. So, Father, I pray you set people free and you bless them over these few days in Jesus' name.